Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our Why We Are Vegan podcast interview series entitled Why We Are Vegan. Each week, I'll be posting one to two interviews I've had with inspirational vegans around the world who are walking their talk. Each of my guests share their personal vegan journey and insights they've gathered along the way. You are about to listen to my interview with Ana Valverde. She is one half of Those Annoying Vegans. Thanks for joining us. Please tell us a little bit about yourself personally. I'm a dreamer. I was born in Costa Rica, and then I moved to the U.S. at a very young age. And a lot of my getting used to being in an entirely different culture and country involved a lot of nostalgia. I always dream about going back to Costa Rica or being back at home with my family and my friends. And that just carried into my adult life to where most of the time I find myself sitting and dreaming of how I could make the world a better place to improve someone else's situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to be impulsive, <laughs> impatient. I want things to happen now. And that can be a setback sometimes, but other times it just drives me. I try to focus my energy on the thing that I am doing in the present and try to do that thing the best that I can. What do you currently do professionally? I am a voiceover artist. I also uh, do commercials. I came to Los Angeles to be an actor, but then I discovered voiceover and I've been exploring that almost wholeheartedly. And what are your aspirations for your future? I would like to be someone that people can turn to for help. I've been able to do that through our activism, through our YouTube channel, through our involvement in our community. And professionally speaking, you know, everyone wants to reach their maximum potential. I love to book an animation. That is my ultimate goal professionally. I think of myself as an activist first. And although I love my job, it is not who I am. It is a big part of who I am. I have fun with it, but it is not ultimately what will change the world. There have been times where I've turned down jobs promoting mm-hmm. animal products. And in that sense, I have been able to communicate that message through my work. If you were in a room filled with a dozen kindergartners, how would you share with them why you were vegan in your own words as if speaking with them right now? The first thing I would ask them is, Who here loves animals? Who here loves to eat chicken? Did you know that a chicken is an animal? I used to eat chicken too. I loved the the way chicken tasted. But when I spent time with a chicken, I learned that they are smart, that they are loving, that they are fun to be around. Do you guys have pets? And see who raises their hand, then talk about their pets and see if they can make the connection. I think children are very receptive. I think they're easier than adults sometimes. Mm-hmm. They tend to take in information in a very open, innocent way. It wouldn't be that difficult, I think, for them to make the connection. Then we would talk about their pets and what they like about their pets and ask them if they've ever met other kinds of animals. How? Or ask them, even though we haven't met these animals, we can still love them. Mm-hmm. Most kids haven't been around cows and chickens, especially if they grew up in the city. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sort of 
teach them about the fact that we can love and respect other living beings, even though we haven't met them. In order to eat them, we have to hurt them. Do they truly believe that we can hurt someone we love? What made you decide to become vegan? What tipped the scale for you to go all in? I don't have a vegan anniversary because I actually don't remember the day I went vegan. <laughs> it was so out of the blue. We were at a grocery store <laughs> and and we decided, we said, well, if we don't buy this cheese, because I think all we were buying was cheese at that point. Mm-hmm. We don't buy this cheese. We have a vegan haul. So let's not buy the cheese. And we had watched the videos and we just hadn't made the connection. We hadn't integrated the ethics of dairy yeah. and eggs. That was the last of it. Okay. I got an email from a yoga instructor whose mailing list I had, I had signed up for. And she had a mailing list for a retreat in Italy. And I said, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to afford this. But maybe I can make some friends. Maybe she'll send out local event info or something like that. The email read something like, Hey guys, I came across this documentary. I wanted to share it with you guys and get your thoughts. And it was a link to Earthlings. Mm-hmm. I clicked on the link and I couldn't stop watching. For about five hours, it took me to finish the whole thing because it was so difficult to watch and I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. I was coming to a realization of I am Ana Carolina Valverde, the animal lover. And here I've been eating chicken, eating cow tongue. I grew up eating cow tongue in Costa Rica and not thinking twice about it. And this is what I'm contributing to. I remember pacing my apartment with a pillow up to my face, screaming, and I stopped eating meat, and I never touched it again. It still took me a while to make the ethical connection to dairy and eggs. Mm -hmm. But that was the day, May 30th, 2010, where I got that email, and that yoga instructor will never know how much (laughs) he changed my life, because I don't know who she is. I couldn't find the email. So what does being vegan mean to you personally? I have never felt truer to myself than I do now as a vegan. Being vegan is such a huge part of who I am Mm -hmm. that if it doesn't come up in conversation somehow, then you haven't really met me. I've always considered myself to be a sensitive person, and veganism has amplified that, but also strengthened that side of my character that I need in order to do the work that we do, because along with, you know, activism, We need to expose ourselves to certain information, certain footage in order to share that with people. It's done a lot. (laughs) And I don't think I've ever felt more real, more planted on this planet since I went vegan. Anna, please share how you continue to benefit from being vegan physically, emotionally, spiritually. Well, when I went vegan, I lost 15 pounds. I think that just happened. I didn't try. I've never been that much into going to the gym, Mm -hmm. although that has also changed recently. (laughs) We've been we've been going to the gym five times a week every morning. And that's just because we are trying to prove to people that we can put on muscle as vegans. And I have seen my my spaghetti arms grow over the past (laughs) two months. Physically I feel great. I have more energy. I literally can eat everything I want. That's been a happy change because I lived most of my high school years, most of my college years, I was focused on exercising, trying to get my stomach to flatten. It was a constant struggle. My diet Mm -hmm. against my exercise. And I don't think it it needs to be that hard. Mm -hmm. It does depend on your level of activity. Mm -hmm. 
on the foods you eat, all kinds of things. For me, it felt wonderful. Emotionally, it's been harder to navigate these waters, <laughs> watching everyone around you contribute to the cruelty that you're fighting so hard against, especially your friends and family. Something as simple as driving down the street and really making a mental note of every single establishment that sells me. And you're like, man, <laughs> this is just one city block. Yeah. Look at all the work we have to do. And it's easy to get into those mental ruts. It's important to also note what we accomplished here in California, for example, we had a big part in, in eliminating fur and making sure that every company that sells makeup is selling cruelty-free makeup. Those are big steps. This is how small of a percentage we are. This is how much of a change a small group of people can make. Imagine everybody has the ability to inform we have a voice, and that is our most important tool. That keeps me hopeful. So that's the emotional side of it. Spiritual and emotional kind of go hand in hand for me. I can add to the emotional side that when you go vegan, you go through the grieving process where you learn about the cruelty that you've been contributing to. Mm -hmm. So not only does that give you this new sense of self-awareness, like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? It also makes you hypersensitive to what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And then you look at them differently. You're like, don't they know? And you have to marry the two and be like, well, I was there too. So I can't be angry with them. But then, you know, you try to share that information. And some people are very resistant. Mm -hmm. Some people are very receptive. Other people don't want to talk about it at all. Family and close friends tend to shun anything related to veganism, at least for me personally. Although my mom is vegan, we have to sort of put that anger aside and really understand that this has been something, it's been so ingrained in our culture, in our society, that we've become blinded to it. We've normalized this violence. Mm -hmm. For every person we inspire, every little seed I plant has the ability to grow into a tree. Mm -hmm. If not at that moment, then later. For every single piece of information we disperse into the world, there will be someone else also dispersing information. We need to come at it from different sides. Mm -hmm. As a vegan, I have felt so whole and so true to myself. And I feel like my soul is at peace. I mean, it's at peace in the sense that I know I'm living according to my values, mm -hmm. to my true values. I think we'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who is not wishing that we were a more peaceful world. Mm -hmm. Everyone's striving for peace. Yet the number one thing that we do on a daily basis as a society is put the products of torture on our plates. Mm -hmm. And we don't even think about how much that doesn't contribute to peace. And how can we be at peace with our souls and with each other? as a community, as a world, if we are still contributing to one of the most brutal tortures on the planet. Mm -hmm. It's unseen torture, but it's there and it affects so much more than we think it does. It's not just the animals. It's the people who work at these places. It's the hospitals. It's people's health. It's pollution. Mm -hmm. This is, for me, the source. This is the source. This is what we need to tackle. Mm -hmm. And I think if people would just give it a chance and just opened their eyes, I think they would learn something about themselves mm -hmm. that they'd be surprised to learn about. Absolutely. 
Anna, how do you define a vegan lifestyle? Well, a vegan lifestyle is just having an awareness of your actions and the impact that those actions have on others around you Mm -hmm. and even more distant others who you might have never met. It is doing the best you can to live a life that promotes peace and love. That is, that is what veganism is for me. Tell us a little bit about your vegan lifestyle. What's a day or a week in the life of Anna? <laughs> well, a day in my vegan lifestyle usually involves, obviously, only eating plant-based foods. And I try to eat mostly whole foods um, because I just feel better. Mm-hmm. I feel better. I mean, I love treating myself every once in a while, but... You know, I can tell the difference, <laughs> and that's just pertaining to me and my body. But then I'm also, you know, not contributing to the industries that we are fighting to stop. Um, we do as much activism as we can. I mean, our YouTube channel has been our primary form of activism because it just has a wider reach. We can reach people all over the world, mm-hmm. but we also try to participate in events here in the community. We are very, very consistent about volunteering and giving our time to uh, our favorite sanctuary here in Los (laughs) Angeles, uh, because that's important. I mean, one of the main concerns when we're doing activism out in the field, if we happen to rescue an animal, where is this animal going to go? And everyone wants to, you know, (laughs) everyone wants the animals to go to a sanctuary but not everyone is as involved in sanctuary life and volunteering as we would like. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to keep promoting that as a form of activism. It's so important because this is where the animals go. Mm-hmm. And so I do that. Um, I try to keep myself informed. And I know this is hard even for a lot of vegans. You know, and we have our, our days where we can't take it. We can't take in anymore, but sometimes I'll be scrolling through my feed and if I see a video and I think, wow, I don't think I've seen anything like this before. I should probably watch it and it might be hard, but then I have to think, well, is it really that? It's not that hard. It's it's harder for the animals than it is for me to watch it. Mm -hmm. It is emotionally hard, but sometimes I have to distance myself from that emotion just to get the work done because in watching these videos, this footage and learning this information, I can strengthen my activism. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is, you know, reading, informing, informing myself, shooting these videos, um, also communicating with our friends on social media because we get a lot of questions every day (laughs) And we want to make sure to address every individual question. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. But it's so important because we have people from all over the world who are asking us questions like, what do I do? You know, my my family won't let me be vegan. Or how can I help in my community? Or I just went vegan, but I feel this and this. And this is hard. And so we try to advise them as to how to 
sort of overcome these challenges. Mm -hmm. And it's so important because every single one of these people could be, you know, you never know who could be the next major activist Mm -hmm. in their community. And we've seen people grow from just having gone vegan to, you know, going and speaking into a megaphone at their local mall. So that makes us really proud and and happy that we can have that influence. Absolutely. Anna, what's most important to you about living a vegan lifestyle? What's most important to me about living a vegan lifestyle is making sure that we don't sit still. Every single thing we do, every piece of information we get out into the world has the ability to promote change in someone or something. Mm -hmm. You never, ever know who you're going to inspire. So whether that's a meme that you make for Instagram or a T-shirt you wear to the post office, like I've had people, you know, I've gone up to the bank teller and the bank teller sees my T-shirt. Oh, you're vegan. Yeah, I heard there's a vegan festival in town. You never know. Mm -hmm. Or whether it's, there's so many forms of activism. You know, we we need not think that we have to do something major to to inspire change. Mm-hmm. It can be a conversation. It can be informing ourselves and sharing that information with someone else. It can be uh, printing out pamphlets or leaving a pamphlet at a bus stop or on your bus seat. You never know who's going to look at it. I mean, people have these crazy stories about why they went vegan sometimes and you just never know so I would say that the goal for me is to make sure I do something every day for the animal is there anything you wish more people would have a conversation about around veganism yeah I think it's important and this is something that we've been trying to do in our activism to differentiate veganism from a plant-based diet. I think people tend to confuse not eating animals and animal products uh, with a vegan lifestyle, but a vegan lifestyle is so much more than that. And I think really trying to talk about the ethics first and foremost is so important. Mm -hmm. It's important because it is the reason for a vegan lifestyle. I think the the health benefits are great and all. And they, I feel like they just, the thing is the health part of it was supposed to be there anyway. Like we weren't supposed to be eating animals in the first place. So sure, we're going to be healthier when we eat plant-based, but the reason for a vegan lifestyle is to eliminate suffering and eliminate torture and eliminate abuse and get these poor animals out of these torture chambers. Mm -hmm. And I think when people truly connect to the ethics, they tend to not only stick with it, but they also, they understand that it's about so much more because it's not just about not eating animals. It's about not wearing animals. It's about buying products that are cruelty free. It's about reducing your waste, about, Uh, leaving a smaller footprint on the planet. And, you know, so I think that distinction is important to make. And I think talking about ethics is something that tends to make people 
a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, but it needs to be addressed. And that's what we try to do in our activism, especially when we do activities like Cubes of Truth. We start with the footage. We say, look at that footage and tell us how that makes you feel. Because this is not about, you know, it's not about everybody's, especially because everybody's health is so, everybody has different health needs. And I do truly strongly believe that they can be addressed on uh, with a plant-based diet, varieties of a plant-based diet. But, you know, most of us aren't doctors. The one thing we do have in common is we can agree that exploiting animals unnecessarily is unethical. Mm -hmm. Anna, when you hear excuses from someone about why they couldn't go vegan, do you feel you're able to change their perspective with what you know? I do. I think people tend to say things like that. People tend to say, I don't think I could go vegan because they haven't, they're not familiar with what vegan is. They haven't explored it. They don't know certain information because I think once people are presented with the full spectrum of information Mm -hmm. and granted, we can't always do that all at once, but once we start to break down what are the challenges they're facing and the way we like to ask, the way we like to ask them is, what would make it easier for you to go vegan? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what challenges are you facing? Because, you know, you see that sort of turns the question into a negative. Mm-hmm. So we want to change the question to a positive. How can we make it easier for you to go vegan? Just last night, we, we got an email from someone and they were asking us, <laughs> we have these posters on our kitchen wall and uh, they must have seen them in a video. And they were like, oh, where can I get these posters? And they're three posters and they list, they're like really cute. They have little cartoons of, of different foods uh, that you can consume for protein, iron, and calcium. Mm-hmm. And they said, I'm not vegan yet, but where did you get the posters? I'd love to have them. And so I wrote them. And not only did I tell them, uh, not only did I give them posters, but I said, you know, let us know how we can help you achieve that cruelty-free lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What would make it easier for you? So I think it's important to break down people's uh, mental blocks Mm -hmm. and see what it is. Is it that they don't have uh, that their stores don't have certain vegan products available? Is it that they think they can't live without cheese? Is it that their parents won't let them? Like, what is it? Everyone's reasons are different. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it's possible awesome. to, to inspire change. Cool. How do you feel about the mainstream coverage of animal cruelty, environmental concerns and the like via social media and news outlets? Well, news outlets are not covering enough of it. I think it's very difficult. And we know people in the, in the news industry mm-hmm. who, I mean, it's a business. News is a business. Mm-hmm. And they want to get people to watch the news. And there are certain things that, you know, I actually graduated with a degree in journalism. And I remember my in at my internship the assignment desk coordinator 
would always tell me, if it bleeds, it bleeds. Well, there are exceptions mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are certain things that people just don't want to watch. And I feel like that's it's unfortunate, but it's changing a little bit. You know, here in Los Angeles, for example, we've the the animal vigils have been covered by mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been in the L.A. Times. Uh, even just last week, you know, unfortunately, a, a chicken truck overturned and they were able to cover that as, I guess, as an event. You know, they have to be, well, they're not always, but they had to be impartial. So this is what happened. It's unfortunate, but that's for you to decide, you know. So there, I, I see it changing. I think, I think there will be more of that in the coming years. Uh, I definitely think social media is picking up, although with social media, we have to be careful and aware of the fact that we don't want to be speaking into an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we when we put material out there, we try to use hashtags that help us access the people we want to be looking at uh, this information not just other vegans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's definitely changing. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely getting out there. You see the word vegan everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, recently when we went to Costa Rica on vacation to see my family, even in Central America, vegan is everywhere. We even saw graffiti on a huge wall that said, go vegan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, it's happening. It's everywhere. And the world is so much bigger than the little community we live in and and everything seems so important here where we live but really this is a global movement Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to see more of that and it's really exciting. What questions would you pose to the mainstream to move the conversation to what you feel is most important to understand about the global benefits of veganism? The main issue to bring up is the animals. Mm-hmm. The animals are the victims. Ultimately, the animals are the victims. I mean, tied to them, of course, are the people who work at these places, um, who we all, whom we also consider to be uh, often victimized, as much as <laughs> most people probably want to wring their necks. But really, there's an entire psychology as to why uh, excessive abuse happens at a slaughterhouse. But ultimately, ultimately, the animals are the foundation of this movement. And once people can make the connection that the reason for this movement is because there is this enormous group of oppressed beings who are being overlooked because you know, we always talk about oppression and justice, and especially now, I mean, uh, you know, technically I'm a, a millennial by, by year. I don't, I don't often feel like one, mm-hmm. um, but this generation is so focused on justice, and we want justice, and let's march for women's rights, and let's march for, but we forget about the animals. You know, we talk about feminism, but then we forget that there are literally female beings being oppressed for their reproductive systems. And, you know, I've, I've heard, we've had friends who 
marched at the Women's Rights March, for example, mm-hmm. with their uh, Darius scary posters and, and things like that. And they were mocked by other women who can't, you know, who didn't make the connection. So I think we need to help people make that connection. That injustice is injustice, period. That there is oppression still mm-hmm. that we are overlooking as, as a community, as a, as a globe. Mm-hmm. That is so important to address. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the use of self-identifiers such as smegan, partially vegan, flexitarian, and the like? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, <laughs> for one, I there is given that veganism is an ethical lifestyle that, according to the vegan society, seeks to exclude the exploitation of animals as far as is possible and practicable. We don't believe there is a percentage of vegan. You can be plant-based, but that's like saying, I mean, here's a, here's a somewhat of an extreme example, but would you say that you're, you know, I'm 95% non-racist. Sometimes <laughs> I'm racist, but I'm, you know, 95% of the time. Yeah. I think you're either vegan or you're not. And and I understand, I think, where people are trying to come from is because the first thing we think about when we think about veganism tends to be the food, the, the food we eat. So people are coming from that point of understanding that, you know, 95% vegan means they probably still eat some eggs. But we need that's where we need to make the differentiation. We need to explain to people, no, veganism is so much more than just what you eat. Mm-hmm. It's your lifestyle. It's connecting to the ethics. I'm an abolitionist at heart, but I know that that's not how the world works. That's not how people work. So I'm never going to overlook the accomplishments that people do achieve. You know, if someone gives up meat, I would rather a hundred people give up red meat once a week Mm -hmm. than no one at all that does have an impact but does my heart say no come on you've made the connection to me already why are you giving it up once a week I mean really look at why Mm -hmm. if you can give it up once a week there must be a reason why you're doing that because it feels better because it's better for the animals and if it's better for the animals and for you then why is it good enough to do it once a week Mm -hmm. why not do it every you know Mm -hmm. so that's where my impatience (laughs) comes in Uh, but that is the challenge we face as activists and as vegans is to kind of reel it back in be like okay all right so you've given up meat for you know one day a week how can we get you to the next step? And one of the things we've really, really been pushing in our activism recently is the idea that vegetarianism is, a, is an ethical lifestyle. I think people have a very serious and dangerous misunderstanding about vegetarianism. And you'll even hear a lot of vegans say, well, no, they're, they are, they're doing a better job. They're, they're on their way to veganism. That's not always the case. Some vegetarians do settle into their vegetarianism, and they they may have gone vegetarian for health reasons. Not everyone goes vegetarian for the animals. You can't possibly 
be going vegetarian for the animals knowingly if you're still contributing to the horrific practices of the dairy industry and the egg industry. Mm -hmm. I know it's easier to disconnect the dairy and eggs from the animal it came from because it's, it's more indirect, but most people are not aware Mm -hmm. that not only, I mean, to us, it's worse. The animals are, not only enslaved for most of their lives and exploited for their reproductive systems, but they're still killed in the end. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you're still contributing to the meat industry as a vegetarian. And I think it's important to help vegetarians who might have gone vegetarian for the animals in, in their hearts to understand that there is still more that they, that they can do. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about mm-hmm. the phrase plant-based being used today by companies of all kinds for meals, textiles, home goods, accessories, personal care, and other products that are not, in fact, vegan. I think it might be confusing to the general public uh, when it comes to other products because a product that is plant-based is not necessarily vegan. I mean, the product can be made from plant ingredients that have still be, been tested on animals. We know we have to make sure that all those labels are there, that they're plant-based and cruelty-free. Mm-hmm. What vegans do you respect and keep tabs on? One of my absolute favorites is Earthling Ed. Mm-hmm. Ed Winters, he, he lives in the UK. He is, for me, my role model. Uh, he wrote a very, very helpful book called 30 Reasons, 30 Excuses, which has helped my activism tremendously. It pretty much delineates every possible excuse that people tend to come up with when we have these conversations with them. And it gives you really, really logical ways on how to debunk them. Mm -hmm. And he is such a force of peace, just listening to him talk. Mm -hmm. He's very eloquent People like Natasha and Luca, that vegan couple, they're also, uh, they're Australian, but they're based in the UK. They actually inspired us to go to attend our first Cube of Truth and our first animal vigil. And that just completely changed us. I mean, we were vegan before, but we weren't activists before we met them. And being active is what really gets the message out there. And we thank them for that. Joey Carbstrong. Humane Hancock. They are fantastic activists and they're excellent at conversation. If you really want to learn how to communicate with people properly, Mm -hmm. effectively, those are the guys to follow. What's the most difficult decision along your vegan journey that you've had to make? The first time we were asked to go to an animal vigil, we, we turned down and we kept turning it down for about a year. And that's when Natasha and Luca came to LA and gave that workshop. And we said, okay, you know what? No, let's, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And I was terrified. I thought I was going to have an emotional breakdown. I thought I was going to feel terrible, terrible, terrible. And, and the fact is that you do, you do feel terrible. It's supposed to be sad. You're watching animals get trucked into a slaughterhouse. That's not easy for anyone. We did that for 
an entire year, we went to these vigils three times a week. And we kept pushing through and pushing through and pushing through with the justification that it's not as hard for us as it is for the animals. We shouldn't be complaining. We get to go home, sleep in a warm bed, have a warm meal, hopefully. They don't. These vigils are not about ourselves. But I think the hardest thing for me was to realize that it is necessary to give ourselves that break sometimes. And that was really hard for me to come to terms with because I'd always pushed, and I still do. <laughs> this is why it's uh, my, I have a split personality in this sense because part of me is still fighting that guilt of not being there. When we got back from our Christmas break in Costa Rica, we started to refocus our activism. And there is that guilt of not being there for them, mm -hmm. but also acknowledging that there are other things we can do and that it's okay to give ourselves that break. I will go back to animal vigils. It's very important. You don't realize what it's doing to you until you stop going. Mm -hmm. In order to be an effective activist, I do have to sort of take myself into consideration a little bit. I think it's understanding who I am as an activist in the world of activism and, and what certain activities do to me emotionally. Mm -hmm. Anna, to sum up our time together, in one sentence, please tell us, why are you vegan? I am vegan for the animals. First and foremost, they are my soulmates. I love them. This world would be nothing without them. They are the purest, most innocent, loving beings on this planet. And I think it is because of that that we take such awful advantage of them. So my vegan journey is primarily for the animals. Is there anything you'd like to discuss that hasn't been asked today? No, I mean, we've covered a lot. <laughs> it is so important that we not feel afraid to use our voices. Our voices are our most important tool, what we have to speak up for the victims. Because if it was us in their position, we would want someone to do that for us too. Mm -hmm. And I know people tend to feel afraid of how others will perceive them, how others will perceive vegans. You know, we've even had people message us and, and suggest that we tone down our approach, which we will never do. <laughs> that is not who we are. In our activism, our focus are the animals. Mm -hmm. We cannot take care of people's individual feelings. If someone feels upset about something they saw, then we cannot possibly be the reason for why they're upset. They need to look within. Mm -hmm. That's coming from within. That's not us. <laughs> That's what we're showing that's making them upset. And maybe it's because they're contributing to that cruelty and they don't, you know, everyone wants to feel like they're a good person. And I think at heart, we all are, we're, you know, we have compassion and we have empathy that comes very naturally, except when it's ignored or blocked, you know, as, as we grow older and, and 
this violence becomes normalized. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's smart for other activists or other vegans to put their energy into telling other people how to do their activism. Everybody has a different method and everyone's different. Everyone takes information in differently. You know, I was impacted by in-your-face activism. You know, Earthlings was very difficult to watch. Darius Scary is difficult to watch. Some people are impacted by, you know, more uh, calm activism. I don't know, humor or, or something. It's anything has the ability to turn that key. Mm-hmm. You, you have to just find the right keyhole. So yeah, I think my message is to other vegans and other activists to put that energy into getting the message out there themselves, not on, you know, picking on each other. Well, Anna, thank you so much for being a guest today. I truly appreciate your time and your words. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and I hope we get to meet soon. Absolutely. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. Find out when the next episode of this enlightening and thought-provoking interview series is available by following Why We Are Vegan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ID for all three is Why We Are Vegan. We're also on YouTube and iTunes. You can visit our free resource site, whywearevegan.org, for podcasts you may have missed and links to all our social media. Take care.